You ever thought about moving some of your files to an external drive? Well, do you know how to format that drive? Or specifically, do you even need an external drive? That's what Chet and Gary discussed today. Good morning, Chad, and how are you today? I'm doing great, Gary. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Well, what have you dreamed up for us to talk about this week? Well, you know, we've talked an awful lot about iPhones and iPads and things like that, and, and uh, we haven't talked a lot about the Mac, uh, iMacs and MacBooks and those kind of things. And there's some information that's come up recently that was some pretty good recommendations on what to do if you want to use external drives. And uh, I do want to point out to most people that uh, a lot of this information came from a website, MacMost, MacMost.com, and uh, the guy that runs that is named Gary, not not our Gary. No, no. Gary Rosenbaum, I think. Is Rose, Rosen, uh, Rosen something. Something or other. Yeah, yeah I, I looked at his name. I'm not sure I pronounce it correctly. Uh, anyway, he does some uh, really good videos uh, on YouTube, so uh, people uh, who are interested in information on uh, Apple products may want to take a look at his uh, YouTube channel uh, just to get some information. But he had a couple of really interesting programs going on. And they were talking about the problem of people who want to use an external drive for any number of reasons. One of them is, uh, and we've seen a lot of people, by the way, in, in our club here that come into the help labs uh, that are talking about using external drives to move photographs. Mm -hmm. They've got a Windows machine or they've got a, another uh, system that uh, has photographs on it and they want to move photographs. They want to back up their photographs or they want to put a lot of documents on them. And uh, so anyway, Gary in his presentations was talking about this and he said a couple of things to consider. One of them is what type of a drive? And what he's talking about is the fact when you look at an external drive that would connect to a MacBook or an iMac or a Mac Mini type system, they have the solid state drives, the SSD drives, and they also have the old fashioned rotating disk hard drives. And I was kind of surprised at some of the things he said. Number one, the SSD drives, while they're easy to handle, and those are the little flash-type drives you can buy at uh, almost anywhere that you plug in, um, we don't know what the actual long-term recording capability is on those, how stable they are over time. So if you're looking for something that uh, maybe will last a couple of years, uh, they, they seem to be quite good. If you're looking for something that you want to put away and have it last 20 years, they may not be the right thing. They tend to deteriorate over time. So he was saying that based on what you want to do with this stuff, you may actually want to go for a drive that's got a rotating disk in it. The other thing he pointed out was the disks that have rotating platters in them, the actual HDDs they call them, mm -hmm. uh, those drives are significantly cheaper. So for what you could get maybe a, a 20 gigabyte SSD drive for, you might be able to get a 100 gigabyte right. <laughs> rotating hard drive. So you may want to think a little bit about that based on what you plan on doing. But then over and above that, if you buy one of the drives, 
Then you got the problem of saying, how do I format it? And this is an interesting problem, and this comes about because Microsoft systems use a different disk format than Apple systems do. Of course, they couldn't be the same. Oh, that, would, no. that would destroy the universe yeah, if, would, if yeah. they were ever the same. Uh, so you need to know what, to, what kind of a format do you want to put on it. Now, to, to uh, make it simple for everybody, it turns out that if what you were going to do is use this as a backup drive and you're going to be using Apple's Time Machine system to do backups, all you have to do, regardless of the current format of the drive, is plug it in and Time Machine will look at it and if it's not a format that is compatible with Time Machine, Time Machine will say, do you want to use this drive? And so we're going to erase this drive and format it correctly for Time Machine use and it does all of it. Just realize that when you format a drive, any current contents of that drive are completely lost. Right. So uh, don't take a drive that was set up for a Windows computer that has data on it you want and plug it in to use it for Time Machine on your Mac. Uh, that's not going to work. Uh, but anyway, Time Machine will take care of formatting the drive correctly for use with Time Machine. Otherwise, if you're going to use the drive, for example, you want to put this away for storage, you want to have a secondary backup of things, or if you're going to use this to get back and forth between a Windows computer and a Mac computer, then you're going to want to look at the format of the drive. And there are a couple of different choices for this. And the, the biggest thing is that if you want a drive that will work on both Macs and on Windows, so you want to be able to put the drive on either machine and have it work correctly, uh, then you want to use something called XFAT, E-X-F-A-T. Uh, that's the format that you want to format the drive in. That is a format that is readable by Windows and it's also readable on the Mac. Any other format that you try to use is going to work on one machine but not on the other. Right. So you got it as myself. <laughs> yes, you got to work with XFAT. There used to be just a FAT32 or something like that, mm -hmm. which is an old style. Uh, nobody really supports it anymore other than in a compatibility mode. It's limited in the size of the files you can put on it, so that is what you don't want to use. The uh, biggest thing about a lot of drives, if you just go to the store and buy one, or you go on Amazon and you buy one, they will probably be formatted in either XFAT or in FAT32 because it's compatible on both, both plat plat platforms. So you will want to reformat it if you're not going to use it on different platforms. And if you're going to reformat it, you want to use the disk utility application that is on your Mac computer. Now, on, on iPhones and iPads, you don't have to worry about that. But uh, you'd have to have a drive that's compatible with those if you want to use them with the iPhones and iPads. Anyway, Apple's format is APFS, Apple File System. And that's the format that you want to use with Apple. And that's just from Apple to Apple. If, if you want to, like, go on, like, in my situation... I had real estate pictures that I was going from a Mac, and the real estate agent had a PC. So then I would want the XFAT. Yes, you would. You want XFAT in that situation so that it's readable on both machines. So if you do the APFS, then it's going to be just from Mac to Mac. That's right. It's just on the Macs. It will work there. It will work with an, uh, an iPhone, an iPad, and a Mac. Well, I've got an interesting question. So now that we know how to, to format the disk, 
are they really even is it really even a value to you with iCloud and everything backed up in the cloud now? What's your thoughts on that? that? That's a really fascinating question. And it depends on what you're trying to do. And this is why you really have to think it through. And one of the things that I think is, is a bigger problem for people is that if they grew up in an environment where they had access to a Windows machine in the office and they had something else at home, and they got used to having to put things on a hard drive and move them back and forth because we didn't have really good networks and uh, cloud storage and everything else. That was the way of doing it. Now today, the, about the only reason that you'd want to put something on a hard drive is to back it up and put away a copy for safekeeping. And I know there's lots of discussions about saying that photographs are not replaceable. That if you lose your photograph, there's no way to recreate them. Uh, and so a lot of people are saying that photographs ought to be, there ought to be at least three copies of them. <laughs> one on your device, one in cloud storage, and one in a, one in a backup someplace, <laughs> just in case. Just in case. Just in case. So uh, backing things up and putting a permanent copy away is one of the reasons why you'd want to use a hard drive. Uh, time machine backup is uh, the, on an on a Apple system is the thing you want to do with a Mac uh, type uh, machine, just for your own protection. As far as moving them from device to device, it is actually easier to move them device to device using cloud services. And Apple with its iCloud service automatically synchronizes any Apple device you have. A MacBook, uh, an iMac, an iPhone, an iPad, a watch, all of those things get synchronized automatically through iCloud. If you're dealing with a Windows computer and you have information on the Windows computer, uh, for example, photographs that you want to add to the photographs in your photo library on your Mac, or if you want to take photos out of your photo library on your Mac and put them on your Windows machine, there actually is an iCloud for Windows that you can install from the Apple website. Just do a search online for iCloud for Windows and install this. Or you can just go into a web browser on the Windows machine, go to iCloud.com, and put in your Apple ID and your Apple ID password, and you have access to all of the information that is in your iCloud account. You can read it and change it from a Windows machine. So you don't actually need to put things on a disk right. just to move them between machines. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, I, I, mean, I have two terabytes of iCloud storage, so I don't really, I, I just don't really see a need for a, an external drive so uh, I just was wondering what your thoughts of you know the general membership would. I, I would say that the easiest thing for people and the, the least complicated of all of them is to use the cloud services in other words on if you're going between Windows and Apple uh, you can log in like I said to iCloud.com or you can install the iCloud for Windows uh, software and that does require your Apple ID and your Apple ID password to gain access but your contacts are available uh, any uh, um, documents that you create in pages or numbers are available um, you know all of that kind of stuff is there uh, your photographs are all available uh, so you can get to all of that kind of information and actually access it through the web browser uh, on a Windows machine and I think that's pretty fantastic, yeah, actually. That is great. Uh, so if you, if you find yourself in that spot. Um, the other, other side of this thing, though, is, is that it's kind of important, and that leads to, to one other 
thing. And that is the fact that the Apple environment is an environment. And one of the things that you don't see on other platforms is the idea that a Apple device, an iPhone, an iPad, even a MacBook or an iMac, are not standalone devices. And I ran into this situation with somebody that said, oh, I had someone drop off an old uh, iMac. Is it something I can still use? The thing is that it's not a standalone device. It's part of a family of devices that are associated with your Apple ID. And if you do not release that device from your Apple ID correctly, you can't give it to someone else and they cannot use it. They have to have your Apple ID and right. password. So one of the things we have to think about on the Apple side is if we're going to do this, if we're going to start sharing things or giving machines to other people, we need to make sure that we correctly remove that from our Apple ID. And so that machine becomes uh, one that can be used again. And there's one other thing that came up in, in a lot of these discussions, too, is the fact that if you're going to share information, sometimes you can do that by including it in an e email or in, uh, some of the other type things like this. But very often it requires, especially if you're going to be working with a commercial site someplace. For example, you were talking about taking your photographs and, and giving them to the real estate agent. Uh, it may be possible for you to actually upload those to a site. Mm -hmm. Well, that requires that you have an account on the site that includes an email address and it also includes a password and other security parameters and so forth. Well, one of the things you get if you are paying for any kind of storage upgrade in iCloud, so even if you're paying the 99 cents a month to get 50 gigabytes of storage, you have what's known as an iCloud Plus account. When you have an iCloud Plus account, Apple will issue you an alias for your email. What an alias is, is it's a different email address than your email address, and Apple automatically forwards anything sent to that address to you. So if you want to get rid of a lot of junk mail coming in when you sign up for accounts, you can use an alias generated by Apple instead of your real email address when you sign up for one of these accounts. Now, the downside of that is you have to remember what the email address right. was you signed in with. <laughs> yeah. You can't forget these things. Right. That's why I keep harping on people. you got to have this stuff written down, folks. Three by five. Uh, yeah, three by fives <laughs> work. All kinds of stuff works. But the point is that if you want to do that, that's one of the, the really nice things that you can do to yourself, and you don't get a lot of junk mail. Right, right. And if you do start getting a lot of junk mail, you just tell Apple, delete that alias and uh, that problem is gone. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that's one of the things you can do, but it, it uh, does have the advantage as long as you remember the address that you used. So there's a lot of stuff along those lines. The biggest thing is, though, that if you're going to use a hard drive and actually try to move things around with a hard drive, that's something that you can do, but you just might have to make sure that you get everything formatted and set up the right way. Right. And just take a look and see if it's if it's really needed. If it's really needed, yeah. And I, I think that in most cases you'll find you can use the uh, cloud services and the online services and just move things back and forth. And uh, I've shown a few people and they're just unbelievably shocked at how easy it is to do when you actually do that. Uh, it's a whole lot easier to do that and it works on iPhones, iPads, uh, all the Mac devices and so forth. Well, I think we've kind of educated them on uh, the... Uh the uh, having 
an opera. Uh, I just can't even talk today. <laughs> Having the, no more vacations yeah, for you. Yeah, no more vacations for me. The option of using an external drive, so uh, the formatting. And, and again, if you have any problems with formatting or anything like that, and if it's a necessity or a want that you have, if you really want, just bring it by the help sessions on Mondays and Thursdays from 9 to 11, right here in the penthouse at the right. good old 2020 Club upstairs in the culinary room. So with that, uh, I'm going to take... My tired voice home, and <laughs> maybe I can talk later on later in this today. See, I can't even do that. So, well, then I'm going to say goodbye, Chet. And okay, goodbye, Gary. Have a great day. I'm going to try hard.